middle of chapter Mem Hay 45, Amshachayim Beis, volume 1, page Ayantes 79. We're beginning of the early part of the first of the twelfth discourse, Nachmu Nachmu Ami. In the last class, I gave an overview of the whole structure of the ten spheres and uh, four worlds. You know, how they define reality. And basically, everything in existence needs to go through these, anything that's created from a stage of, it's called from zero to a final product, has to go through four stages. You know, a concept, a vision, a concept, a, an outline, a skeleton, the details, and then the final product. Basically, Atzil is Yitzir Nasiya. And the way this this world is this way is because God structured it that way. And he too created the universe that way. It started with a vision. So Elam Ahdus, Atzilis. Then Briya and Sira Asiya. I didn't mention, only alluded to that this four worlds also exist on all levels of Ishtalshalis, the whole cosmic order. So we discussed in different classes, but I'll just say it here for the record. There's a thing called Atzilus the Klolus and Atzilus the Protus in Chesidus. And this is uh, an Alter Rebbe's Maimer that the Tzamech Tzedek explains at length in a, in a Maimer that's called the Drush Gimel Mine Odom. Gimel Mine Odom, referring to Odom Elyon in these three levels of Bri, Yitzir, so Atzilus the Klolus generally is the Eden Sof Lifniat Simtum. That's why it's called Atzilus, because Atzilus means it's not Bria, it's not a creation yet. It's still an emanation. So if you think of it in the context of the four stages, Atzilus is more the vision of the creator of what he wants. So fundamentally, really, you don't have anything yet. All you have is an idea. So the idea is still connected to the source. It's once he puts an outline on paper or a skeleton, let's say, in a piece of architecture, then you have actually something is beginning to take shape. And then it develops further. So Atzilus, by definition, means, as, as the length of the discussion at length is, Atzilus is really Gilead Helen. Because it's revealing something that's concealed in the artist or in the creator's vision. However, the, the, what's, what makes it Atzilus is because it's a, it's a distinct vision. It's not just Bligvul, everything's possible. Like we say, Sviris ain't Ketz. That's a higher level. Here you already have the Esses Spheres Agnuses. So Esses Spheres Agnuses, as he explained, the ten hidden spheres, there's no spheres there. They're concealed, not because, as he said, Gnuses doesn't mean they're concealed from us, and if you were able to look deeper, you'll find them. Gnuses means fundamentally, they're uh, qualitatively a state that is not not even defined yet. That's what he said. We only call them Esses Spheres because... It's, the, it's, it's in the mind of the Creator what He envisions is going to happen. Shir So that's Atzilus the Klolos. Bria the Klolos, when I say Klolos meaning the macrocosm and the big picture, is generally Odem Kadman. Yitzir the Klolos is different opinions, but it's generally Akudim and Akudim. And Asiyah the Klolos is Atzilus Bria Yitzir Asiyah the Pratis. So that's how you have it, like a hologram. Everything exists on a small scale and also on a big scale. 
Then when you speak, usually when it talks about Silas Bri you're usually talking the Pratis, not close. But the, but if you think about it, but the the same properties, whatever you apply to Atzilus the Protis, you could basically say to Atzilus the Close with an important qualification that Atzilus the Close is not yet a real world; it's the Im- image of the world, so to speak. And Atzilus the Protis is already a real entity. I just wanted to fill that in. So in the first part of Memhei, chapter Memhei, Rabbi is discussing that the same thing he discussed till now about Milo Mata. That the structure of Seder Shtalshu, the ten spheres, is defined, as he said, by two elements of higher and lower. One is each sphere is fundamental level that's different than another. Chokhmah Bina are two different entities, as is intellect and emotions. And the second thing is intensity of energy, the degree of energy. You know, how, how much are they revealed? How much energy is there? Or put it this way, how much godliness is there? How much bitl? How much yesh? so to speak. So that is the second aspect of... Um, she said the same thing is in the general picture of the worlds. So the structure of the worlds is also gradations of Mato, meaning that Bria is a lower level than Atsilis, and that's what we've been discussing, Atsilis and Bria. So he began explaining it with the Tikkun Ezeev says, the Moshul, that Atsilis is like an image, the Yukna de Malka, it's the image of the king itself. Bria is the image as it's engraved in a in a in a chesim uh, in a uh, what do we call it seal right and Yitzira is that same image as the seal makes another image in a wax shaiva so you have three stages like it doesn't mention Asiya I didn't look it up yet in Tukunizaya what it says there and what is, but this is just a muscle so from this we see that the spheres in each world is completely different than the other one. Do they bring? Do they bring the, the rest of the lashon from Tikkun Ezeir? It's right at the beginning of the chapter. Okay, fine. So that's a. But what's the explanation of the difference? So the Rebbe Rashab begins by explaining there's a parsa that separates. A parsa, I, I translate it as a veil or a curtain. I think the best translation of a parsa, parsa is a word in Aramaic, which is the same word as mosach in Hebrew. But in Chassidus, you'll see sometimes it says mesochim uprasois. There's tzimtzum, there's a concealment. A mosach and a parsa are interchangeable. They can be a curtain, a veil. I think screen is the best word, to be honest, a screen. It's a screen. And uh, then you have a Sachem Parsois, you have what else do you have? Hello, Mesvastadim. Hello, Mesachem Parsois. Mesachem Parsois. You have one, you have a Pargud. A Pargud is usually a curtain. You say by Macheri a Pargud. The bottom line is there's a Parsa that exists between a screen between Matsilis and Briya. So the Rebbe Rashab explains what is the screen. Because understanding the screen will help us understand the distinction why the Tikkun says that in Atzilis you see the image itself. And in Bria it's the image as it's engraved in a... In a, in a <laughs> what are they called? A seal. A seal, okay. Chesim, fine. So he explains a pass is like a marshal, an example. An example, when you explain a concept to someone who doesn't understand the concept in its original idiom, in its original framework and paradigm, you need an example. 
The example, by definition, means that it's an example from a foreign, Dover Zod. Something else to explain it, because what, you wouldn't need an example if it's the same thing. You can just explain the original concept. The example itself tells you that it's coming to bring it to another level. She's still speaking about the same concept, but the mushal itself is now already a complete, is a screen. So when you hear it through the mushal, you're a step away from the original. Even though it helps you understand the original. But he's focusing now on, on the part that is different. In other words, the Chiddush here is that it's different. The, the fact that it's part of the original is obvious. If the mushal is not coming to explain the original idea, it's not a good mushal. Here he's explaining why how a mushal is so-called different than the, than the nimshal. So it's a screen. And the word he uses, which I'm sure is a word from the Alter Rebbe, because the way he's medayik in it, he says... Now what is a parasa? The parasa, like the mushal, is like this. A language he used, which is a very interesting expression. I lost it. Oh. So that's the parsa because he repeats that three times. Yet you're speaking in an Indian Acher, in a different uh, idiom, in a different paradigm. So the parsa, the moshal, so to speak, the screen between Atzilus and Bria is causing the language to change. And the framework to change, and the paradigm to change. You're talking about something else that's not the union of Atsilas, to understand Atsilas. But it's not Atsilas itself. So, in the example, basically, there's a concept. The concept is too abstract or too difficult for the student to appreciate. So, the mushal is Meshemedaber, that's what the past is. And then he uses this expression later. And he gives an example to understand this. He gives the example of how we, in this world, try to understand things that are beyond space and time. He says, everything we understand in this world is clearly by, due to the functions of godliness. We can't understand God on his own terms. We find us to his functions. And all his functions, in our mind, is, is bound by time and space. And he says, even though there are people who may have a great mind, he says, Baal Seichel Godl. Or, you're talking either the subject is a very sublime and very um, abstract one. Or the person is a Ba'a Seichel Godl. So it means he can abstract and understand things on a very deep level. Even by him. But somewhere concealed, his framework, his context... Has to under, is, is connected to some type of space. It's impossible to envision something outside of time and space. That's basically what he's saying here. Bottom line is that we in this world, Makes it a statement that we cannot truly understand something that's completely outside of space and time. I mean, he, really, he begins with space and time, but he focuses primarily on space, which, if you think about, it, is absolutely correct. You know, so notice we can abstract 
and you could really appreciate a concept, but somewhere, because we are bound by time and space, the concept will be. Which means that still we can talk about something that's higher than space, but we're using it's like almost like a muscle. Through through our understanding, through, through that even though we are in a different time, we can talk about something that's outside of space, even though ultimately we relate it to space. So he says the same thing that Asiyah de Gashmi is compared to Biyad Ruchnius. Because that means a physical mind in a physical time and space trying to understand spirituality that's up outside of time and space. And same thing he says is how Biyah understands Atsilas. So talking about Atsilas is a world of divine, of divine world. He says there's no yesh at all. In Bria, now you're speaking already now in a language that is not the divine, pure divine as it is in Atsilas. You're talking about it. But you're explaining it like as you would explain it with a marshal. Or as he says, how we speak about outside of space from within a world, a concept that we can, that in a world that we can't imagine something outside of space. It's interesting that he uses this example about Mokim. The reason I think he uses it because it gives us a very strong appreciation of how distant we are. You remember we, in the pre- previous class I spoke about this, it's hard even to imagine. Let's say, you know, they could take a look at an apple, physical apple, and then you imagine an apple. So that's a seer duchnis. So you look at a physical object, then you imagine it. You see every detail of it in your mind. But you know clearly in your mind it's only an image of it. You can't eat it. You can't taste it. And if you open up the brain, you're not going to find it. So it's, it's like a snapshot. It's a mind has a, an image of it. Fine. Now, there's something there. Because it's the image of an apple. It's not an orange. So what is it? However you want to define it. You want to call it brain waves, ear waves. You know, it, 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 the same thing is when the television beams an image from one part of the world to another. What exactly is being beamed? What's going through the wires? You open up a wire, you're not going to find images. So clearly an image can be translated into some type of electrical impulse, or what they call airwave. And that airwave comes back to another box on the other end, and it recreates that image. So, you know, halachically, for example, it wouldn't be called kelodam. It wouldn't be called the original voice of a person. And the mitzvahs where you need to have the actual voice heard, whether it's a shafer or whatever. Uh, but learning Tater, for example, the Rebbe says you can learn Tater through radio and television because then learning Tater, you don't need them. you need the understanding of the idea. So who cares how it gets to you? But things that require... My point that I'm trying to make is that they could have the same idea that's expressed through uh, another channel and it's, it's the same thing but it's a completely different reality. So in Atzillus, what he's saying, so he's giving an example. So when we envision something that's beyond time and space... If you really think about it, at the end of the day, no matter how abstract you are, it's almost impo- it's impossible to really relate to something outside of space. I mentioned, for example, people ask the question, where does the soul go to after Mei Vesrim Shana, 120 years? Okay. So I often answer to people who ask this question with a martial example. Imagine electricity asking a, refriger- a refrigerator, asking electricity, where do you go when they pull the plug? So the electricity answers to the refrigerator, what do you mean where I go? <laughs> you're a little box they just invented 100 years ago, and you're like, think now you're the center of the universe. I go back to my regular place where I always was. Just before I was confined in your box, but you don't see anything outside of your box. So you think, you ask, where do I go? 
as if all existence is inside of a refrigerator. It would be like an, an ant asking a human being, what's outside of me? The fact is, there's a whole reality that's beyond us. Even when you know that, and it makes total sense, you know, what do we know already in this world? We have a small little vision. Even when we know that, that, so to speak, where souls go, that's where their natural place is, and they're not confined by time and space as we know it, it's still not easy for us to relate to. Because then we start saying, okay, so where are these souls? Fine. They're not in a where. They're everywhere. They're right here in this room. But think about that, how hard it is for us to relate to. So you relate to the concept, but the bottom line is, like he says here, we relate ultimately to time and space. So we understand that Atsilus is not in outer space. But we still think of it, okay, so it's within. It's within everything. Well, within. But what does within mean? What do we, when we say the word within, you're already speaking conceptual space. So bottom line is, one sec. So bottom line is, what he's saying is, he's trying to explain that, that we could still speak about God. And we still speak, for example, we say the world was uh, created, you say, right? So 5,772 years ago. Someone asked, what about a second before that? So the famous answer, Zman itself is a nivra, right? Zman is a time, so you can't ask such a question. But what does that mean, you can't ask such a question? Okay, fine. So what, so what exactly, if you can't go, there's no second before. That means it's here now too. Whatever was before B'riyasa'ilam is right now here. That means time and Lamailam Zman live side by side all the time. So in Indian, you could say that even Zman was always here, not always here. It's always within the picture of the whole picture. There's a section reserved to time. And it lives within this entity called Lamailam Zman. So you see, you start thinking about this, it becomes almost impossible to, to put your hands around it. What does that mean? The only thing you can say is that God is beyond time and beyond beyond time. So there's like the whole, so when you say something is, why is it only 5,000 Tavshinai and Beishan? It means, because only one part of the big picture. So that part, is called 6,000 years. Six levels, so to speak. It's not seven levels, it's not 7,000, not 8,000. Yeah, 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 yeah. My, my point is that it's extremely, it, it, that he's saying here clearly, the Rebbe Rav says without, even a, without hesitation, and he's not saying that 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 minds can understand that. So, nevertheless, we speak about godliness, and we speak. But even everywhere is, is, is it, right? us everywhere also means a space it just means it's not limited to one space limited to all space so even that means like when you say the neshamas let's, let's say neshamas neshamas so we'll say yes they're not bound by uh, just like in this room there's a table there are chairs and there's energy in this room energy you can't measure the way you measure a table a table is 5 feet by 10 feet whatever Energy, you'll say, I don't know how to measure it. But there's other measurements. So even when you say energy is not occupying space like the table, you're still thinking in the context of space. You're thinking not this type of space. In other words, it's still the fact that it occupies some type of mokim it is. Because that, we're bound by time and space in that sense. He, he, look, he says, even the Rebbe Rashab uses these words. Even a person, a Ba'aseichel Godel, and even a very doctor you thing, a person, he says, he says, like, right, before the parentheses, he says, so, so even if somebody who is able to understand something 
as he says, so he says basically, in other words, um, as much as you take away somewhere the Helen there's a, some type of the uh, Helen somewhere there's some type of context that's still shape. So you say, God is not Chochmah. But, but, you, but you need Chochmah as your point of reference to say he's not Chochmah. You can't just speak about if he's not. So someone says, okay, he's not Chochmah, he's not being, he's not Das, he's not this. So what is he? So well, he's not, no. In other words, you use, even Shlila, you're using the, the, the thing to shale it's not. Like when I said before, Nisham is not in the box with the refrigerator. I'm using the box. At the end of the day, it's still the box that is still trying to understand. Okay, so okay, so you're not me. That I know. But what you are in your own terms is not so simple to relate to. Besides the fact, by the way, that neshamas we still say are in Gan Eden, they're mokim ruchni, and or they're uh, you know they don't say they're completely outside of space. What means outside of space? We don't even know what that means. We would understand atzilus, for example, by us is mokim ruchni, not mokim gashmi. It's still mokim. Atzilus is not bria. Correct, correct. But, but that's what it's made up of. But where? But but, but we know it's located. It's, it's, it's but, right? Yeah, but we say that it goes from one level to another. What does it's that not mean? Anything. It's not anything. It's just a level. No, but we apply to it for sure. We apply every year the yard site. We say it goes to the next level. What does that mean? Higher level of consciousness. But that's mukim. That's mukim. That's mukim. At the end of the day, that's not physical mukim. It's spiritual mukim. You need something. Bottom line is what he's saying is the mind relates to levels. Call it spiritual levels, but it's levels. That's that's what he's saying. In other words, to conceive of something that's completely outside of mokim. Look, first of all, he doesn't say in the Shema doesn't is not occupy mokim. I gave that marshal. He says alakus. He says chazru shalom yehidim shalakus ainu bebchinas mokim, and it means mokim ruchni too. Anyway, what are you saying that? Are you asking a question of what he's saying? No, 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 no. He's saying clearly that we don't, in our struggle, we don't understand Lamailam and Mokim. If you pass two Nishamas that have the same level of consciousness and awareness, they're, they're both in the same Mokim. They're both in the exact same Mokim. So what? But what's also, because in Ruchni is the Mokim, two things yeah. can be in the same place. Fine. Yeah, but it's not, yeah. Yeah, but what no, do you define as Mokim? Mokim means a position of something. We're not talking about whether it's a physical position or a spiritual position, it's still Mokim. We that live in the 21st century. I'm saying, one second, are we, I'm, I'm asking, he says that we cannot comprehend something in Are you saying we could? I'm saying it's easier for us that we live in the 21st century to, uh, to, to bring the Shalim uh, for the court. Did you read this? I'm, I'm he kidding. says, it, it says, it says, not 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 So I'm asking, are you questioning that? Or you're... I'm not questioning, just, I'm just, I'm qualifying it. I'm saying maybe, maybe the Mokim the way we know it in the but he says, what's second, these words, let's go to the words. Hari Hasogas Mokim. Hari Musiklal Bli Mokim. Klal Bli Mokim. So he says, but he's being Mokim Ruchni as well. No, no. Well, you say, I just told you, Mokim is Mokim with his Gashmir Ruchni. Even when we relate to Mokim Ruchni, it's still Mokim. Mokim Gashmi, frankly, is only uh, everyone can relate to something that's not Mokim Gashmi. Ideas in the brain are not Mokim Gashmi, but it's still Mokim. Yeah, but we actually have physical, we have uh, you know, realities to, to relate to that. Uh, we, have, we do have 
So one second, you're saying to me that the Rebbe Rashab, because if he would be today, he wouldn't write this? No, 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 it's easier for us to understand. One second, I need to understand. One, one, hold on. What he's saying here is a klal. It makes no difference for how much science we have. We still don't, cannot comprehend something outside of space. All you're saying is that we, can, that, that we know there's invisible uh, forces, but invisible forces doesn't mean there's no space. It, there's no such thing, even the most abstract scientists, subatomic particles cannot be seen, but they occupy space. That's the bottom line. They occupy some form of space. It's not physical space. Why, why, why don't you relate to the fact that, can you relate to something that's outside of spiritual space? Conceptual space? Is that also possible? Shlicha. What? Shlicha. What? Shlicha. What's shlicha? shlicha? But that's also, it's negating something that, by, by definition, it's saying it's not this. Can you do it without the nishlil, without, without the negating? That's the point that he's making here, that even when you go with shlila, you can never directly relate to something that's outside of space. Let's talk Ruchni's Dikha space. Forget about Gashmi's Dikha space. Gashmi's Dikha space is not even an issue. I'm talking about Ruchni's Dikha space. Conceptual space. I mean... Well, why don't you read this and, and, and understand? I keep asking you. You're qualifying and saying what he's saying is not correct? Yes, it is. It's conceptual space. It's not correct. It's in, within a wire. It's traveling from one place to the other. There's a speed how fast it travels. What are you talking about? It's full of. It doesn't matter, but it takes a, there's a time that it takes to travel from one place to another. And it's still within the context of space. It's just saying that it's not, to, not, not like an airplane. But it's still traveling through space. And many people can pick it up at the same time. So, so what? So it's not physical. It's conceptual space. It's still space. It's defined by, 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 by all kinds of parameters. So that space he also had in mind when he said that? Of course. That's the whole point here. That's the, physical space, not to visualize something. You don't need to be, you don't need iron base to conceptualize of something that's not physical space. Anyway, you want to hear yesterday. Why don't you read it inside? It's very, very clear that he's talking here. That we, He says, look, look, I repeat again. He's not without any qualification. The Rebbe Rashab says. I read it a third time. And therefore... In Kenaras Asagusenabelakus, our comprehension of the divine of Elakus, Shinitvasakob Bitsir Bhinasmokum Aina Klalkam Husa Sogalyana Shem Bhinasmokum Klal. So our comprehension of the divine that has to some way manifest in some seer. So even when we say God does not have ears and God does not have eyes and God doesn't see and doesn't hear the way we hear, and as much as you abstract it, we still will ultimately relate to it in some way in context of how we appreciate it. As much as you abstract it. Because you're saying it's not like we hear it. It's not like we see it. But does he see? Does God see what we see? The answer is yes. I don't understand exactly how. But we use that the only point of reference we have. You think that means Gashmias? If God physically came down, where did he come from? Where was he hanging out before? So when we say God came down from Hasinai, if someone was standing by Hasinai, they would, what would they have seen? They said, we should go up on the Har. They see, they see maybe a cloud comes down. A cloud. Fine, a cloud. But I want to say when God comes down. So the only way we can relate to it is, okay, 
It's not physically walk climb down the mountain, but just like we would relate to someone coming down a mountain, God in some way is from a one spiritual state descended to a lower spiritual state. That's more. Com- okay. So, but nevertheless, that's why we can't comprehend what means higher than space. We have to relate to that in some way it came from one state of, let's say, he was concealed, or one state of consciousness to another state of consciousness. That's called mokim. You remember he said mokim mailamata. What's mailamata in Ruchnis? Is intensity of energy. That's all it is. Or two different fundamental states. The point, however, bottom line is, is so the only way we can comprehend it is with our tools. With our tools. Now we can abstract. If you're a very abstract mind. You can, this, is a, this is a very important thing in Quran. When it says in Tanakh alone, it says that you have learned from one place to another place. Absolutely. When it says, Vayera, I love Hashem. God revealed himself. Someone saw, Avram saw God. What did he see? So the Rambam speaks that, you know, like he saw an image or he saw a vision. Did he see something? Or did he experience something so real as if he saw it? You know, sometimes, for example, you can close your eyes and hear music, and feel something that's as if you actually touch it. So you could say it's as real as that. Or did he actually see something? You know, when we say v'niglik v'edavai v'rokal bosa yardav, we spoke before about ayin hasechel, if you remember ayin hasechel, uh, that, huh? <coughs> right, that, so there's a level he said of chokh mezriyeh, but then there's, that's chokh menev bereshay, you know, but then there's riyah mamish. That actually the basar, physical basar, will see ayin bayin, you'll actually see. <clears throat> what does that mean? It's since when is sight such a big thing? It's not the sight, it's the reality that sight creates. So if I'm able to relate to something as real as if I saw it, it's, it's for all practical purposes, it's like seeing it. Nevertheless, there's something about actually seeing something physically. Look, these are hard concepts. The bottom line, however, is the Arab Rashab wanted to explain how, how um, you have a state how a lower, basically it's all coming to explain the parsa. How in the world of, B, of, B, of Bria, like he says, then he continues. That just like our comprehension is completely different type of comprehension than it is in the spiritual worlds of Bria, because like he said before, Malachim are able to experience something that's beyond space. We cannot completely. The same thing. The same thing is biya compared to atzilus. So all this thing with space was meant to give an example of how distant, how distant bria is from atzilus, and that's what he says. And that's what it means that meinian acher. This is with Masaga Natsilis. Who has that Asaga? Not us. So he says, and that's Sagan itself. The Batsilis when you speak in a different idiom, in a different context, So using an example, something that's not purely divine, something that is Yesh, to understand that which is Alakus. Okay, then he began, and we're going to continue here from page I and Tess where I left off. He began another discussion now. Now, seemingly there's a question on the table.
It says in uh, Zayhar, the Ime law, which is Bina, the Kanana, Kanana comes from the word like nest. Nests in Kursaya is the seat, the throne, which is the world of Bria. So as I explained, the four levels of Sphiris, Chochmah, Bina, Midis, Zoh, and Malchus, so Zayar says, Chochmim Kanana Be'atzilis. Bina is nested in Chochmah, in other words, the primary Atzilis is primarily driven by Chochmah. Bina nests in Bria. Zah Midis is in Yitzira. And Malchus is in Asiya. So clearly from here we see that Atzilis, Bina of Atzilis is in, is in Bria. Nevertheless, he says, you cannot compare the way Bina is in the world of Bria as it is in Atzilus. He explains the Batzilus because Bina in Atzilus is united with Chochmah. So though we discussed earlier chapters that Bina is of a different, completely different personality than Chochmah, but in Atzilus they are united. The river flew out, flow, flowed out of Eden. The river is Bina. Because the river is already the flow of ideas. Chachma is the Mayan. As it's known, the Chachma Bina are like the spring of water, the, the root, in other words, the source. Vinar is the river that flows out of it. The Mayan, who Daka. In a Mayan, when you go to a Mayan, you don't see a, a whole ocean or a river. or A spring is just a, a, a small trickle. So Nevi'a Daka means a very subtle flow. So the example of that is, Chochme, you don't see a lot of expansive ideas. It's a spark. It's one could ayin. It's almost nothing. Basically substanceless. But it's the source of everything. And Bina is already in... Ex- Expression, expansiveness. It, uh, the expanse, right? The expanse of the river, expansiveness. What does the mean? Yetsa mean that the river goes out of leaves. So yetsa tomid blihevsik. No yetsa means that the river is constantly flowing, is constantly emerging, is constantly uh, flowing out from blihevsik without any. Impediment or block or or stop. Meaning that the nor that the river is flowing constantly without any block. So what time? Huh? Okay. In a form of it's united and dvekus and attached. And afterwards the pasuk continues and misham yiparid. And from there it separates. As the puzzle goes, the river flows out. And from there it separates into four different rivers. That's the Pasuk. So what's the Pshati part? So Aden is Chachma. No Aden, the Bina leaves the spring, the source. It flows continuously. But after it flows through all of Atzilus, all the way to Malchus, and then it separates into four rivers. That's the four worlds. It's discussed elsewhere why it's four, three worlds, because it's Atzilus already. But bottom line, it, it separates. So after Malchus, 
it spreads out and it manifests in the three worlds of Bri, Yitzir, Asir, Harihu, Bukhinis, Pirud. So now it's no longer the way it was flowing from Bina, if it was flowing from Chochem, was an attached and connected flow. Now it's already separated and now it's called Yipodid. Misham Yipodid. Yipodid means separate. But Yipodid also means, spiritually speaking, it's no longer a direct flow. It's a Pirud. It's in parallel instead of in series. Well, I wouldn't say that. I would say it's separate from the source now. Yeah, but they each go into, one doesn't go through the other. Separate words, tracks. He's trying to one doesn't go through another. Way. That's the technically. That's of course. It's four rivers that came from one one original. It was like this. It was a spring. One river then split into four rivers, and these four rivers go differently. There's the Euphrates. There's the Narpros. There's the huh? Nardekel, Chedekel. There's different different um, rivers. But in, in spiritually speaking, he's saying it's a period, it's no longer attached. The river is attached to its original source. Now the rivers are become separate, spiritually speaking, from the source. They still have to be connected also when you dry up. Right? Physically, yes, but spiritually not. That's the word you put it. And physically, the fact that now became Misham you put it, from there it split into different rivers. When you speak spiritually speaking, Biya is not just another river like Atsilas. Like Bina is a flowing river that's directly connected without a hefzik. This one now has a hefzik. So it's not physical. It's, it's, listen, we're talking spiritually now. So spiritually, Bria is not, is going through a pasad, as he said. There's a screen that separates the two. Technically speaking, the flow, uh, yeah. You're trying to physically connect it to the physical rivers? It's not physical rivers. That's not what he's saying. No, that's not what he said. Pure, pure. Yes, we're not talking, we're talking about the way Atzillus goes into Bria is not the way Chochmah goes into Bina. That's the point. Chochmah and Bina is a direct flow. Bina, as he said, is Yichud. It's united with Chochmah. He's asked the question. Bina of Atzillus is nested in Bria so he's explaining it's not the same as Bina in Atsilas, it's different as when Bina is now in uh, Bria. The difference is there, it's attached like the river that's attached to the spring in Ganeden. Now we're outside of Ganeden right now. It's a whole different state of being. So physically, yes, it's, it's, it's rivers. Of course you could trace them back. Of course you could trace Bia back to the source. But spiritually speaking, it's a whole different level now. Now it's outside of the there's no period in Atsilus. In Atsilus, you can't say things are separate. There's no such thing as separate levels. Everything is united. There's different levels, but they're not separate. Separate as in Kedusha, that where there's a divisiveness, so to speak. Right, so here, that's what he's saying. So, Misham, you put it. What do you mean? I'm not sure what you're saying. The Nod Yitzhah made and all that. It has, to, it has to actually be that it's physically happened like that, or, or it's a representation of, of higher. Of higher uh, Both. Ein Mikri Yitzhah Everything has its pshat, its literal meaning, but its deeper meaning. If it says in Chumash, we believe in that everything that says in Chumash also means literal, that there were actually four rivers, and there was actually Gan Eden. I mean, this is discussed in many places. The Rebbe brings about it in the Chedek Chov Gimel. There's a whole Sikha, Shavuos, about the Nitzchis of Teda. So he explains 
that even though even though that the true deeper meaning in every pshat is there's deeper meanings in drush, them as drush and sod, all the way to the spiritual, and that's where it originates, but it still did come down. There wasn't Avram Avinu, physical Avram Avinu. In other words, there's two distorted ways you can interpret it. You could say there's a physical Avram, there's nothing spiritual. You could say there's only a spiritual Avram and he never lived physically. The Jews actually left Mitzrayim, even though the real leaving of Mitzrayim was leaving Mitzrayim Megvulim, is the spiritual redemption that took place. But they actually left a place called Mitzrayim. In other words, the spiritual manifests in the physical. I discussed yesterday at length, the Sphidus, Chesed and Gvura actually come into fire and water. There's actual fire and water. We live in a real world here. This material world is not an illusion. Even though it is a keli, a container that's hiding and within it is manifest spiritual energies. So what really makes fire fire? It's Gvura. But the fire has now become fire. Gvura, in the spiritual sense, is not going to burn you. Like a physical fire will. Yeah. No, because there are theories, you could say, mystical teachings that say this world is just an illusion. And all it is is really spiritual energy. And that's all it is. We say it's both. It's spiritual. Is is the driving force behind it. Like the soul within the body. But there is a body. Non-Jewish. Huh? Non-Jewish. Look, Bidakus, the Rambam Shita, that the ultimate reward will be, Elam Habu will be souls without bodies, is because of the thinking of that type of philosophy that the body and the ultimate material is an inferior and uh, on a superficial and a temporary state. Basically, Rambam holds that the future will be, there will be no longer physical, corporeal. And Chsidus does not hold it because God created the Gashmis is just as important as the Ruchnis, if not more. However, someone to say Gashmis is the Ikir, it's not the Ikir, it's the Tofel. It goes both ways. It's understanding that the Kavan, the purpose is the body and the refining Takhtayim, the material world. But understand the driving engine is the spiritual. So it's a constant uh, back and forth. So now we continue. Vagam Okay, so we established that Bina, as it nests in Atsilas, in Nebriya, even though it originates from Atsilas, it's in a completely different state. Well, the reason why I ask is because of Iyo, there's a lot of Mufashim that say that the whole thing is a Moshe. That's that particular Sefer, but they don't say the rest of the Tehra is a Moshe. Right? No one's going to say so that. To that. No, no, but do, do, don't, do you ever hear someone has a theory that Avram Yitzhak Yankov never existed? Yeah. And they were only a Moshe? There's a Tehra, legitimate Tehra theory like that? I don't think so. We know that, but, but that someone should say they didn't live? They actually were not born and they didn't exist on this earth? I, I, I've never seen a Tater source say that. Yeah, there are there are things where, uh, you know, there's also the question like the Ramem Mepano that brings in the Shuvus about what it says, whether it's a Guzma or it's real. So he says, Beruchnis, it's real. The Begashmis may have been a Guzma. Or things like that. I told you that Sikh in Chelech of Gimli talks about whether some things you could say, but for sure not everything. You can to say every for sure not. That's not even a question. Then basically you could say you'd see some time never happened. It was only the spiritual part of it that happened. Even though the spiritual is more important than the physical, to be very honest. That's why when we say we're not talking about physically. You mean it's there for sure means uh, spiritual. Anyway, now he continues. And even though Bria, 
there's a comprehension of godliness. Nevertheless, it's not at all similar to the comprehension of the way it's Natsilis. This is a very fundamental chapter because what he's doing here is debunking the myths that we make and convince ourselves that we got it figured out. You know, as I said, we've been talking about Esses for the Sagnuzas, Lifniat Simtum, Ak, Kav. Basically, the Rebbe Rashab is bringing us down to earth here. He's saying, with all the depth and everything, the bottom line is we live in a world that's bound by time and space. And it's not that simple to envision that which is beyond. Even when you envision what's beyond, it's also pretty much bound by our, uh, by our rules, by our tools. Nobody, for example, when, when Einstein conceived of the theory of special relativity in 1905, so it says he was not sitting with formulas and trying to figure out science. He was dreaming. He was daydreaming. He was imagining things. One of his thought experiments was he imagined himself riding on a photon of light. Light, the particles of light, or the way measurements of light, rather, is photons. photons. He imagined himself riding on light. Think about that. Like a kid. Imagine yourself like on a light beam, sitting on a light beam, and think of it like a flying carpet, and you're flying through space. So right there you see, first of all, even when you imagine, your imagination is also within the context of riding on it, light. We're not light. We could think about light. We can understand it. But because he was able to do that, he suddenly came, came up with ideas that others didn't come up. But even the deepest and most abstract mind is still using context. You're using examples. Because the question is, can we really free ourselves completely with our minds? I'm not talking now with our hearts and with our, even with our imaginations completely of context. I would say it's almost, I, 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 the Rebbe Rashab says it's impossible. Because even your imagination, like you know, it says, the Gemara says, you can't dream of Pila Bekupa de Machta, which means that an elephant going through the eye of a needle. So, huh? One second, it says you can't. You dream everything except that. One second. The Rebbe brings, but there was a, that you could even dream that. So they ask the Rebbe, what do you mean? It says in the Gemara and Baruch, you can't. So the Rebbe says, it also says you dream by night, but you think about it by day. If you thought about it by day, you could dream that too. But that's also, even Pila Bekupa de Machta, why? Why? Because you can't imagine how an elephant going to fit through an eye of a needle. So when you think about it, tell me how how would you dream? The only way it's possible because the elephant for some seconds squeezes through. It should stay an elephant and go through the eye of a needle is almost impossible. But now there's a thing called nimna ham nimnois. In Sfarim it talks about nimna is the example they give is can someone be rechiv ve'ena rechiv bebasachas? Meaning you're riding on a horse and not riding at the same time. We can't envision such a thing. Yeah, of course we can imagine. You start saying, okay, the theory would be maybe there's two people. One of them is on the horse, one is not on the horse. Or quantum, two possibilities. But even that, you're talking all in the realm. First of all, it's hard to even go there because you need to have all kinds of theories. Why do you need theories? Because we don't think in terms of when something is this, it's not that. Can something be black and white at the same time? And I'm not talking about a mix, that it has some black in it and some white. I'm talking about is it black or it's white? Can it be day and night at the same time? Okay, we have Bein Hashmoshes. But again, Bein Hashmoshes is a combination of the two. It's a boundary, whatever it is. The point I'm trying to make is that the Rebbe Rashab is not trying to... It's tra- so he's saying that Bria, basically Bria's comprehension of the divine is very different than the way it's in Atzilus. It's using an example. V'yesh now he continues to explain it. V'yesh and we can say, the Klolos B'chines HaMeichen de Bria, 
the general intelligence of Bria is the level of intelligence that is connected with Shayochim, bound with that Shayochim, related to, related to Midis, emotions. This is something you already talked about before. Remember, because it's known there are two levels in intelligence. In the intellect. The mind as it is on its own, essential mind, intellect, and a mind as it relates to emotions, to feelings. Essential is the comprehension of an essential idea, the thing itself, the essence of the thing, that he comprehends with his mind. And the mind within of, of emotions is that he comprehends the goodness of the thing. Remember, we learned that earlier. Actually, there he said that was Midas. That because of that, one should you have to love this thing. Even though this too is 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 intellect and comprehension, it's not you're thinking about the actual the analysis and the dissecting of the subject matter itself, but you're already thinking how it relates to. Basically, it's only related to the, the the reaction and the feeling you have to it. So it's a very big difference when you're discussing a subject matter. You know, let's say we're analyzing the Higgs boson, okay? This new particle that they seemingly discovered. Or you're, you're analyzing a, a light wave, or the sun rays, or for that matter, a computer, whatever. So you're sitting, a mind, two people sitting, or one person is reading on it and analyzing and studying it. There's no midas involved. At this point, you're trying to simply understand the subject matter. When you start thinking, midas means you're thinking, is, is this good for me? Or now that I realize what it is, now comes another stage of thinking. This thing, after I've finished studying about it and understanding it, it's really good. It's a very worthwhile product. Since it's a worthwhile product, I'm going to invest in it, or I'm going to buy it, or I want to get it, I want to acquire it. So that's a different meichin. The meichin is just still mind. You're still, your mind is still functioning here. We're not talking now a full-blown uh, emotion per se. The mind is now telling you the conclusion of my studies is that this thing is worthwhile acquiring, or it's not worthwhile. Is it good? You know, is it something that's good? For, is it good? The value of it. And even more generally speaking, the mind that's connected to the emotions is the outer dimension of intellect. As the intellect comes into the garments of comprehension. In other words, he's saying he's lifting it a little higher. It's not just you're thinking about the feelings, whether you like it or not, whether it's something likable or not. It's still meichin, but it's chetzenis. Even though it's a comprehension of the essential item itself, 
meaning in the concept, in the intellectual, um, in the seichel, in the idea behind it. Not in that it's in the goodness of it, in its value, or its qualities. Nevertheless, it's already closer to the emotions and the feelings. So bottom line is we're still dealing with intellect, but you're dealing now with something that's already beginning to think in terms of context of value. In other words, it's not just an abstract idea. You're already applying that idea to some type of value to the to to us as people. So primi samechin would be where you're concentrating purely on the idea, and there's no subjective interest at all. As soon as you begin to think in terms of um, that 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 it has some type of subjective value, it's already kiruvel amidus. It's already close to the emotions. Recall, we discussed this earlier when he spoke about Moichin Amidus a few chapters back. Remember, he spoke about, um, I think it was chapter, which chapter was it, 37? No, no. Yeah, 37, as well as. Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine was the main chapter. We spoke that Moichin is higher than The two types of Ilova Allah. Remember the two types of Ilova Allah? So if you remember, he spoke about Midrashah B'Moichin was where the mind sees the goodness in it. And Midrashah itself is where the mind says, where the midas say, it's good for me. So there's like three stages. First you conceive, you conceive of an idea, you concentrate on it. Then you come to a point and say, this thing is good. And then you come and say, it's good for me. So here he's still talking about the first two. He's not talking about good for me. He's saying in the mind itself, there's a stage. Here he doesn't call it actually midas. He calls it meichel shayachel the midas. He's not calling it Midrash B'Meichin. That's interesting. It's a little different. But the bottom line is that there's two stages. One is purely thinking of an objective idea and the other one is already beginning to relate it to something that has value. Now he's going to speak about it in Aveda. Like in a... A divine contemplation, a divine his bonus, a divine meditation or contemplation, be That when it's manifest in the garments of comprehension, meaning the details, working it through, He grasps only the outer dimension of the divine. That has a relationship that's that's related to the worlds and the creations. Let's. I mean, but pastors, what he's saying is that when you begin to think about God, you don't think about God in an abstract form with no connection to you. You think of God in terms of He created the world, like we say in Pesukah de Zimra, the beauty of the world. Uh, so you think about his greatness, how he gives you life, 
the blessings he offers. Like he said before, that we contemplate God on the pu'ulis, the functions of God in our lives. When you bench, that God sustains every creature, sustains us. So all this is contemplation of godliness, but it's godliness as it's manifest and connected to the worlds. I'm talking about the lower, he's talking obviously a, a basic uh, basic contemplation. We're not talking about going deeper into Seyv Kalam and Anatmos and so on. It's very similar to the ideas he spoke earlier about Mechanimidis. And therefore, Nirgish Bezet, it's sensed and felt in this the goodness of godliness, you know, meaning Hergeshatsmi, as he said before, Hergeshatsmi, that you're feeling yourself, not Atsmi as an Atsmius. He said, Hergeshatsmi, he said, Midas is defined, Hergeshatsmi, that you sense yourself, how good, how God, that God's closeness to me, or my closeness to God, being close to God, is is good for me. Because what this mind is grasping when it's doing this contemplation is the levels of the divine, the godly levels that are that are that are close, that are in a state of closeness to creature to the creatures, to the world, to existence. And he grasps it. In the garments of contemplation, the person has not gone out of his out of his crass materialistic thinking. It's interesting. In other words, we're not talking about thinking about a taiva, but he's still in his own state. He's thinking about, let's say, you think about your life, and God gives you a heart and a mind, and He's giving you the power to breathe, and He's giving you food and sustenance. You've not gone out of, out of your materialistic life. The only thing is you're appreciating the blessings that God gave you. It's not forcing you to go out of your comfort zone. Look, it's out of your comfort zone by acknowledging that there's a God. But, but meaning to say, it's not going out of your Akshamashah. This Indian, how God is good for you, meaning how God manifests in, the nat- in nature and in creation, is on the contrary. This union is coming specifically, like a, a, a commensurate with, in your gshamasichle. One second, let's not. One second, before the prince. In other words, you are bringing down God into your aksham, into your understanding of it. So, someone say, is that really God, or is that what's good for you about God? You know, God that that He sustains you, that He gives you health, that He gave you healthy children, that He sends you blessings. Or that God is a, is the designer of the universe, and you see the world working in a very beautiful way. So you're basically God. That your appreciation there of godliness is according to your hakshama sikhli, not outside of it. Well, we'll see where he's going with this. In the parentheses he adds, This is still a sikhl. It's not like the hakshama hamidus, the the crassness or the coarseness of the feeling of of emotions. One second. Well, let, let me read from this parenthesis. Abash is what he means. I'll explain in a moment. In general, every intellectual contemplation, comprehension, is in general some type of elevation and connection to something that's beyond 
the person, beyond him. Why? Because you're trying to comprehend something that's not you. You're trying to understand something. He's distinguishing that even though he said it's Akshama, it's still beyond you, but when it's Akshama, like it says elsewhere. However, when it's manifest in the garments of, contempl- of comprehension, he does not go out of his personality or identity and his essential personality, and he remains in his own original position. Okay, let's let's uh, analyze this. It's basically, Hakshamis Hamid is, is lower level. When a person is already now thinking purely what's in it for me, that is completely, that's real Midas. No, that means uh, what, what complete subjectivity means what's in it for me? Is it good for me? Is it not good for me? Here, he's talking about still on the contemplation level. You're thinking about God. So you've clearly gone to a place that's beyond yourself. It's not just what's in it for me. That would be Akshamis Hamidis. But you're not thinking about God completely on God's terms. You're thinking of God on your terms as well. Basically, it's like three levels, you can say. You can completely think about God on God's terms, which has nothing to do with any benefits or, or um, like you said, tevli, um, etc. Then you talk about the Levushia Hasoga, it's already coming into your appreciation, so it's coming into your terms. You're speaking about God on your terms. And then there's Akshamis Hamidis would be completely you. Even if it's you, that's, by the way, not bad you. That doesn't mean Tivus. He's not saying Tivus. But the focus is on you. Here the focus is on God, but how God is still in your mind with the matzav. In other words, you're fitting God into your, the benefits to your life, essentially. Which will lead to the Midas. Anyway, bottom line, Valkain had hergish, the litev. And therefore, because that's how you're comprehending it, in your way, your seichel, your akshamisa seichel, your so-called terms, your um, without changing who you really are, your personality. That's why it's close to a feeling. It's not yet med midis, remember, but it's close to a feeling. The kivas alikim, the that the closeness of godliness is good for me. Shazel habechain shoiyin mechin shebemidis. That is the bechain. That's the result. Of this contemplation, which is Mechin Sheba Midas. Aha. So there's Midas Sheba Mechin and there's Mechin Sheba Midas. So the Midas and the Mechin is you're thinking that it is good. Not just about the thing itself, but that it's good. And Mechin Sheba Midas, he said, he said earlier as well, is when it's good for me. He spoke about these stages. But the bottom line is that's the Bechain, that's the result. But until now, he's been speaking about Meichen Hashayochem the Midas. He didn't call it Midas Sheba Meichen. I just want to point that out. So there's so Meichen Be'etzem. There's Meichen as they are on their own. There's Meichen Hashayochem the Midas is what he's been discussing when you're thinking about it. And it's very relevant. Bottom line, it's, it's coming to understanding its value and God is in, in our terms. And then there's the Bechein. The result of that is that it's, for me it's good. And that's Meichen Sheba Midas. And then there's the Midas itself, the feeling itself of good. Wow. Now he's going to Mechem Be'etzim. By contrast, when the comprehension is, is abstracted from, from the garments of comprehension. Now you're thinking about the Etzim Godliness itself. 
not in any relation, any subjective personal interest. Then he's closer, much more closer, increasingly closer to the essence of the divine. The way Elikus, godliness, is higher than manifestation in the worlds and in the creations. So then you're thinking about God on God's terms, basically. Not how God is manifest in the world. It's basically like Mamalaklam. And when you say, you know, just like a soul fills the body and gives it life, God fills the world and gives it life. That you're thinking about God as God is in nature. The beauty of nature, the gift of life, the blessing of children, health, parnosa, livelihood. I mean, there's a whole list how God is running the show of this world. At the end of the day, something special happened that day. You thank God. This is all godliness. But it's godliness as is manifest on, in the, in, as he says, Elimus and Evraim. Then there's godliness that is God on God's terms. This is a different level. Then you talk about the Etzim in Yaliki. One is Alekim and one is Havaya. Alekim is Gematria Teva. But here he's not, he didn't say that difference. Vigam, okay. Basically, all this is coming to explain the difference between Bria and, and Asilus. That's the bottom line. Habria is the lower level. He said, Yeshlemer, this is all coming to explain that Bria, that Sogim, Bria is Moichashayachim Alamidis. So Bria is already how God manifests in terms of the world. That's why it's called Bria. I mean, it's a beautiful explanation because it really comes down to explain why the image is only that way. Well, let me just think what he said before. Like a muscle. It's a muscle. Okay. The gam, and also an additional element in all this is Shebzehu Yetzim Besides the fact, in this step, when he think, contemplates on the idea itself, so he's thinking about God, not in terms of God relationships with God's relationship with the world, with existence. There's another thing that happens here. This also causes him to go out of his hakshama, his crassness, his framework. Because Yeah, this contemplation on the divine as it is on its own, it's in a form of abstraction. abstraction. And it's in a form of elevation and clinging to, cleaving to, connecting to the essential divine idea, the divine entity. And that's why it doesn't yet have a relationship and a connection with the motions. This is the level of of meichen itself, intellect itself, that's higher than emotions. Okay. So Bria would be basically, as he said, he says, Yashlemer, that the closed meichen of Bria, the way Bina of Atzilus goes into Bria, that's the Mosham Yiparid, 
the separation, that's how mind is connected already to something, some value, some connection to our existence. And Meichem Be'etzem would be how we think about godliness on godliness terms, not its connection to existence. Okay. Now he goes farther, higher. And on a higher level, he's explaining this whole thing now on a higher level. The mind that is has a relation, that has a relation, connection. What did I say? A relation with? With emotions who are is the contemplation of the divine that manifests within the world. Because in general, this is the Because in general, this is only a reflection. And the contemplation of this is an understanding the method, the way, the degree, the way each energy and the revelation exists in each world. Mm-hmm. Till now he was explaining, was, he was explaining means that you understand, it's still contemplation of that concept, but it's already getting closer to its value. To, to its value. Since you're talking about its value, you're already talking some type of subjective interest. Now he's speaking a little higher. One second. Let me let me let me qualify that. And that part of the divine, that part of Mechon Shaykh the Midas, means that you're talking about how godliness is connected to the world and to existence. Yeah. Now he's saying a little more subtly. He's saying Mechon Shaykh the Midas is not so much about the the value of the thing, but you're talking about how godliness is in manifest in the worlds. And that's just a reflection. The contemplation is, in other words, how God relates to each world according to that, the measure of that particular world. He's some reason he's moving it away a little from the subjective connection to the emotions and is moving it back to the, the levels of godliness as they manifest in each world. It's a very subtle difference, because before he was also talking about, he said several times, that since you're talking about how it's connected to your to benefit, to some value, that's why you have to say that you're thinking about God as it manifests in the world. Now he's only focusing on God's manifestation in the world. He's calling this Lemaliyeshim. <laughs> Fundamental, essential mind, intellect, is the contemplation of higher levels of the divine infinite light that's higher than manifestation in the world. In other words, before Meichen Hashayachim the Midis and Meichen Be'etzem was really more in connection, is it about me or some connection to us? Or is it about godliness itself? Now he's saying, is it godliness as it's connected to the world or is it about godliness as beyond the world? It's somewhat of a little... It's, it's a little subtler and a little higher, um, a little higher uh, context. Because if you look before, he also said But there, there was more subjective language in the first understanding of these two states. 
Here is less subjectivity. Here it's just talking about two different levels of godliness. Yeah. In other words, a little before was more avoidedic, so to speak. Midas as in what's, what, what connection to me. Now he's calling Midas more godliness as a manifest in the worlds. So it's like God connecting to something outside of himself, to the worlds, and his feeling to the world. Like he has love for the world. So he'll... So, it's, so that's what Meichel Shaykh Lamidus is. On the, on the word Bria at this point. You know, like. Yeah, more on the existence, exactly. On the, nat- the nature of ex- and, and, yeah, on, the, on the levels of godliness. Before it was actually more, using the word Midas was more uh, the feeling that we have. So it's, the, before it was more like Hezbollah during davening that you would have. This one's more like, you know, this itself is a little more intellectual than the previous uh, understanding of it. Uh, why is going that that deep into it, I'm not sure, but it's interesting how... Okay. Now he's going back to concluding this. The general comprehension of the world of Bria, of, of the world of Bria, He's repeating what he said at the beginning. But he's summing it up now. Remember in the beginning he said, so general comprehension, yeah, we, can, we can say, is the is the mind as it's connected to midas, meaning both the interpretations that he just said. The levad that besides the fact, or addition to the fact, that in their fundamental levels there's a distinction between intellect and bria, is distinguished from the intellect and atzilus as we discussed earlier. We said there before Chachman Bin are connected and united, and here it's not. So in addition to that, the general so even forget about Midas. Even Meichin Be'etzem in Bria is fundamentally different than it just sees things differently. It comprehends things differently than Atsilis. So he says now in addition to that, the general mind or the intellect of Bria is one that is related to Midas. And I would say both meanings. One, related to me, this meaning you're already beginning to think the value of godliness to existence. Or the second, a little higher interpretation, you're talking about God as it manifests in existence. And Natsilas, you talk more about God that's a little higher than existence. Ubaprotius, and more detail, more specifically, Yeshbezechiluki Madregas. And when you break it down, it has even more, there are many different levels here. Because also in Atzilus you have both levels. You also have the way the mind is in its own and the mind is connected to emotions. You see how complicated this gets? Yeah. That's specifically. Only in general, the general concept of intelligence in Bria, they are the intellect that's connected more to Midas, meaning more to existence, more to subjectivity, more to relationship with us. Hanikra mechen He's introducing a new term now. These are called mechen dianike. And we know there's the three levels of mechen that we're going to talk much later. There's ibur, yanike, mechen. So ibur is literally gestate pregnancy. Yanike is the stage of... Uh, when uh, there's the nursing stage. And Meichen is mature intelligence. It's three stages of maturity. This is the middle one. So he says, Bri is midis, that's Meichen Dianike, because you see, for example, a child, 
a child's intelligence primarily is subjective intelligence. It cannot yet abstract. It thinks in terms of what's good for me, what's not good for me. The emotions nurse from this level. This is still so-called immature, or you can say small meichen. Childish meichen, relatively speaking. Because obviously Bria is a pretty high level, but relative to Atzillus. And this is what it says that the world of Bria, you have Tchilavirachimu, which is love and awe. Tchilavirachimu is is Ava and Yira in Aramaic. Sichlim. It's Sichlim. It's the intelligent Ava and Yira, the intelligent Midis. Meaning the Midis. Like it says in Tanya chapter 39. Okay, actually it's Midas, it's Mechus Midas. Well, he says this. This is the Midas, the emotions that come from Bina and Das. That's Bria. And Atsilas, you have mature, the great mind. Mechen the godless, which means mature intelligence. Ve'elam ha'yitzira. Now he goes to yitzira. Ha'ikiru b'chinas hamidas. And yitzira primarily is midas, like I said before. Remember, bina is mekanano nests in bria. Midas nests in yitzira. Ve'ainu b'chinas ruach. That's the level of ruach. So asiya is nefesh. Yitzira is ruach. Yitzira bria is neshama. And Atzilus is Chaye or Yechidim. So now Yitzira is primarily Midas. We said Bria is Meichin Sheba Midas or Meichin Hashayachim, the mind that is connected to emotions, as you just discussed at length. In in, in Atzilus, it's primarily mind, even though it breaks it down. It's also both levels there. Bria is mind that's already connected to Midas. That's already Bina. That's why he said Bina, Tchilav Chimesichlan Bina. And in Yitzira now is primarily emotions. There's also Moichin there. Remember, everything has everything in it. But there, the Moichin, the intelligence, is only what is relevant to governing the feelings. So it's even, it's even lower than in Bria, it's the mind that will ultimately say something is good and value. It's connected, it's related to Midas. Here it's Hanhogus Hamidis. Here it's the mind as it's telling the Midas how to behave. So it's a lower level. Very, very subtle levels here of intellect. I mean, if you break it down, how the mind and emotions communicate, you basically have here, I count here at least five, six levels, if not more. There's in Atsilis, the two. In Bria, there's the two and maybe three because you interpret a second interpretation. And there's Yitzhia. Huh? Just which one is dominant? Yeah, no, no. It's also the process. How a pure concept that has no connection to you slowly defines the value of it, then the value for you. Then now already I am benefiting from it, but you need now intelligence how to go get it. Let's say you determine now that this concept, this idea is valuable. Okay. Then comes another stage and you say it's valuable for me. Now comes the next stage. Now I want to get it. So now you need to have a whole new wisdom of how am I going to acquire this thing. So this is now already meichen that's 
It's no longer, you're, th- you're not contemplating on the value of the object, you're contemplating how am I going to maneuver to acquire this, this, this thing. That's another, that's seichel, that's shaykh, the anhogus hamidis. That's already similar to how animals have seichel anikna. Their intelligence is only in order how to hunt and how to get what they need. It's not... That's connected to Nehi already. Here it's called, I, I said seichel shaykh, the anhogus hamidis. So commercial yesh, hefresh. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he didn't say Nehi yet, but uh, he's calling it... One second. Komoishi yesh hefresh bin katan legadl. Bimidis tivim. Right, like we see the difference between a between a child and an adult, the midas tivim, in their natural emotions and their natural feelings. Even an adult also follows his nature, also is drawn nimshach. Yeah, is gravitates after his nature after nature. But it's not at all how a child follows his nature. In other words, they both have something that is, let's say, drawing them. Because the, the adult, because of his mature intelligence, it affects the emotions that he should follow his seichel. So for example, when a child, something, someone, you take something away from a child, the child will have a tantrum. And the mind is not, it doesn't yet have self-control, that the mind, an adult, you take something away, he may also have a tantrum inside. But his intelligence tells him, it's embarrassing or, or, or tempers the emotions, don't get so excited. So it's not that he doesn't have, he's not affected by things in this world, his nature affects him, but his mind tempers and, and, and monitors and gov- governs the feelings. Now what about people who are exactly like a child, they only do, they're only concealing it, that's another story. He was talking about someone's already more mature. So this is levels of maturity. Basically you have a model here of the Elamis, the worlds of maturity. Atzilus is the most mature. Bri is already getting down to the next state where it's that's related to midis, to feelings. And here we're talking about someone at least, the Yitzira, at least you have somebody who's not behaving like a, a baby. He still has emotions. Emotions is his driving force, but the emotions are somewhat governed and tempered and defined by the, by the mind. That's even that. That's the meichin, the intellect that's connected, that's related to governing, to uh, controlling, you can say, to anhogus. Uh, it's like the captain. Uh, guiding, guiding the emotions alone. That's not what's bria. Bria, he says, is meichin shayachim lamidis. It's primarily intellect, but it's intellect that's connected to some, some feeling at the end. Here, it's the opposite. Primarily, it's feelings. But here's the, but the, but it's the mind that's connected to governing those feelings. and the lowest level is the world of nefesh. So we covered neshama, ruach, nefesh. Yeah, he's only said ruach and nefesh. He didn't say neshama by bria, but it's obvious. El is nefesh. That's the lowest. This is asiya, as the word implies. This is already actions, concrete actions, bepel mamish in actual in actuality. An actualization. So now you're already talking no longer just feelings, now you're actually acting on it. There's also intelligence in that. But they're completely uh, diminished, completely in a very, uh, katnus here really means diminished, small, 
very, uh, the word for it, very infantilized, like in a way. Not katnus as immature, it's more simply, the moichin is very, very concealed. Legamri. Katnus legamri. They're completely in a state of katnus, smallness. The hainu in diminished state, the smallness, infant, infant-like state, small, small state, minuscule. Here the intelligence is only what is relevant and related to the action itself. Okay, so the intelligence in knowing how to get what you want emotionally is involved in, like, you know, it's an intelligence that's telling you how to govern those emotions. Let's say you discover something you love. So now love is the emotion, and the mind is telling the emotion how here's here are the ways to go get what you want, what you love. Mice is already the actual action. The actual action itself. Let's say you love to write. Now you're sitting down to write. So there's an intelligence that's involved in the actual writing. So you're not dealing anymore now with the emotional dimension. You're dealing with the actualization part. And all this is like we discussed earlier in chapter 2. Remember, he's winding down now to the thing that discussed in chapter 2. But muscle benefesha Adam and the example of the spirit of man that the intelligence Nimshech is extends, is drawn, and mislabish and manifests in all the faculties. So if you remember back then he discussed Meichin primarily rests in the brain, in the mind. But it definitely affects he spoke about the Kayh to write with your hands, the Kayh to walk, the power to walk. Mind also impacts every part of our of the being of all faculties. The essence of the intellect is in the mind, in the brain, in the head. What manifests in emotions and feelings is only the outer dimension. He's connecting it to what he spoke in chapter two. It's only the outer dimension of intelligence. And especially specifically in the faculty and the power to move and to walk. Hatnu means to move, meaning also tnu with your arms. They also have a seichel manifest in them. But there, it's only maisa. So you have the way the intellect manifests in emotions. You have the way the intellect and the mind manifests in the more the action-oriented faculties. That's called the intelligence. Seichel hamaisi, the, the functional intelligence alone. It's around function. That's the that's the lowest that's the that's the utter lowest level of intelligence. He's summing up the chapter here. Same thing is an example above that the level and also all the ten spheres are in all the world. You see, he mentions chachma here because chachma is meichin. They're not achbatzilus shubchinus haatzmus. And Atzilus is the essence of it, like in the mind. And what extends and drawn into is only a reflection. It's not the essential light and energy of Atzilus. And this is what defines the gradations of higher and lower in the worlds, of the way that energy is diminished or revealed or different qualitative states from the high, from Attilus to the lower worlds. All this is just explaining Chachma. 
No, no, no. Chochmah is only the example of Meichin, but uh, he spoke about. The last section is explaining mostly how Meichin is different in each, in each level. But the truth is, in the beginning of the chapter, it was talking about all the ten spheres. So it's about everything, yeah. Kitzer, summary. And the same thing, just like we spoke about the distinction and the division and the device and, and the diversity of spheres, that each sphere has its own higher and lower hierarchy. The same thing, this, this, stru- this structure also exists in the worlds. The S spheres, the Briya, Enem, spheres, the ten spheres of Briya are not of the same personality and identity as the ten spheres of Atsilis, even though they come from there. They speak in a different context, in a different idiom, in a different paradigm. Like our comprehension that is that 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 is always has within it some type of image of space. It's not of the same quality of the comprehension above that does not Stink in context of space. That is not in a level. It's not spatial. Like Atsilis, which is the, the comprehension of the essence of the divine. And Bri is the comprehension of the divine through, as he said, through something else. And also, the supernal mother, which is Bina, as it is nested within Bria, is not the way it's not Silas. Like you said, the difference between Brina that's attached to Chochme in Atzilus, and outside the river separates. And we can say, that the intelligence in Bria, intellect in Bria, is only as it's related to emotions. And explained that the intelligence that is related to emotions is, is appreciating contemplating on the goodness of the thing, on the quality, on its value. And higher than that, it's the outer dimension of intelligence. That manifests in a... In, in a meaning in the crassness of his physical mind. And that's why it's close to the feeling that it's good for him. Meaning subjective value. By contrast, the inner dimension of seichel intelligence. That's far closer to the feeling of the essence of that divine thing, not that it's about how good it is for you. Well, and higher, the comprehension is the, the divine that is within the worlds. And in general, that's called Meichen Diyanika, the intelligence that is of, yeah, he mentioned this, the intelligence of nurture, of nursing, meaning the level of Tzliyanika, the Yitzira Midas, and Yitzira is primarily emotions, and the intelligence there, intellect there, is only to govern the emotions. And Asiya is action and intelligence, functional intelligence, intelligence relevant to actions. So with this we conclude chapter 45. So we did today pages 79 and 80.
And we conclude chapter 45 in the discourse 12.